Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field. Greg Sharp, Jessica Cootie. We've been telling people, Jessica, we were going to get Brendan Stye somehow, some way. And here he is. You made it happen. <laughs> I hey, made it. My favorite former offensive guard. There you go. You uh, I'll, I'll leave the tackle to like Jeremiah. Oh, you can you have go. my favorite guard. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. Thanks for being patient with me couple months lots yep. happened holy oh, cow it's been amazing around here no doubt let's start with what's going on outside this yeah. is the, the progress they're making on the big go big projects mm-hmm. unbelievable you guys have to be happy with where it is yeah we're we're ahead of schedule and you know obviously with covid it set us back a, a bit not only with the construction um but also the fundraising but uh, it's it's incredible. I, m- I remember when we put shovels in the dirt and we had our um, ceremony for breaking ground. We talked about how busy it was going to get out here, and they started off with, you know, maybe 25, 30 employees out there working, getting everything you know measured out, and and now you, I mean, it's it, some days it looks like there's ants out there. There's so many people working. So yeah, they're ahead of schedule, and so we're really excited. It's it's an amazing facility that's going to um, be unmatched. As you're uh, going around helping to fundraise, there's such a buzz around this football program right now. Are you feeling that as you're talking to to donors and people that want to be a part of this this project? Yeah, and and the people that are involved with it are very passionate. And so they're constantly wanting more information. Uh, But uh, when anything comes out with Husker football, Husker athletics in general, uh, people are, are very inquisitive and um, the, the buzz is around, you know, obviously this recruiting class and the portal and certainly with Go Big and how that impacts that. So, um, yeah, there's never a dull moment when it comes to dealing with our donors. Again, yeah, visiting Brendan Stye, Director of Development for uh, Nebraska Athletics, and also you hear him with us here on the Huskers Radio Network uh, football broadcast. A lot's happened with the staff. I mean, a big changeover with the staff. Your thoughts about what Coach Frost did with the staff? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, it was a very difficult moment and decision Scott had to make, but uh, sometimes change is good. And I think uh, fresh eyes, a fresh perspective on, you know, what is right now the state of the union of Nebraska and where they want to go. So bringing in, um, you know, the coaches that he did, I think starting with Whipple, I mean, here's a guy that's been doing it for a long, long time. Did it with Ben Roethlisberger. Your your Um, franchise. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience. And uh, so when you have somebody like that, I I, I truly believe it lends to kind of taking some of the pressure off of Scott. And if you look at uh, kind of, I think, his plan, his strategic plan moving forward is to kind of unplug a little bit more from the daily grind of, you know, offensive coordination to getting a better feel of the team, uh, being more involved in, 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 you know, really kind of involved with our donors and dealing with the media. And it's really a hat that Scott's not worn to this point, you know. And so having a guy like Mark and, and developing that trust early on and getting him on board, I thought was huge. And then going down the line with all those guys, Uh, Mickey Joseph, you know, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, He coached at a very high level for a long time in the SEC. And it's one of those things to where if you you get a guy or were you? Yeah. So he was a so I was a freshman when he was a quarterback. So I was I went home for the Thanksgiving game because I was a redshirt freshman and I watched him get nailed in the sidelines on the on the bleacher bench there uh, where he got hurt yeah. and that was really I, my last memory of Mickey you know but he and I had a chance to to meet uh, again and and reconnect um, but a guy like that obviously with his uh, ability to coach and hold guys accountable and really 
you know, challenge those guys on a daily, and nobody's ever comfortable with a position. Um, and he's got quite the room now. I mean, he's got quite a bit. I don't know. I think there's 15 guys, 16 guys in that room now, which is you know, three or four than more than your usual. Um, but also the recruiting aspect of it. Um, he's going to certainly have his uh, his presence down in the South. And then, you know, I think being and helping Barrett Rood with Nebraska is going to, uh, I think it's going to be critical in not letting some of these guys get out of here. And then with Donovan Raley, I talked with Donovan a day after he got the job, and here's a guy that I've got a little bit of a connection with just because I played with Dominic, mm-hmm. and uh, Dominic and I played in Detroit together. Um, but knowing, uh, kind of understanding his background, being an offensive lineman, playing at Wisconsin, having that that mindset of, you know, just wearing teams down and getting back to kind of fundamentals, and I really appreciated his his just his respect for Nebraska offensive line over the years and, and really what Milt Tenniper and Dan Young had done over the years and going out and buying the assembly line book and finding it. It's kind of hard to find nowadays. Um, but really taking a, a good hard look of the fundamentals of what made Nebraska offensive lines uh, through those those great decades. And so really embracing that and then kind of his mentality on, on how he recruits and and really his uh, you know his acumen that he brings to you know playing the game of offensive line. You've been on coaching staffs before. You're familiar with a lot of these guys. What's the process like right now as these guys have not worked together, but they're kind of meshing some things and, and figuring mm-hmm. out how this offense is going to look before you hit the ground running with, with practice number one in spring ball? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not an easy task. Um, I did it when I was with Bo Pelini and his staff. Tim Beck took over as the offensive coordinator, so we completely changed the paradigm as far as what we wanted to be offensively. And it took us a good three, four months, mm-hmm. and I mean, past spring ball into summer to really kind of identify who we were personnel-wise, what fit that personnel, and then you know obviously having it uh, take effect on uh, Saturdays. And so it's not an easy process. On top of that, you're recruiting. Uh, you're trying to get to know the players, building relationships, at the same time building a, a culture and a relationship amongst coaches. And so you got some guys, obviously, that are still here, some new guys coming in. So it's getting to know each other. Um, it takes time. It just doesn't happen overnight. So, But uh, I think, you know, on top of Whipple and, um, you know, uh, getting Mickey in here, uh, Bill Bush has been doing it a long time. Heck, he was doing it when I was here. He was a GA. It was where it started. I've known Bill for a long time. He was sneaking yeah, he in was the stadium. Yeah, he was saying that he was pretending to be coaches in coaching <laughs> right. outfits right. and just waltzing onto the sideline at Oklahoma and Kansas exactly. State. And- yeah. So, you know, I think uh, he's a testament to a guy that, uh, you know, he really just, he stuck it out. Because uh, there was a point in his career, uh, I can go into a long story about it, but <laughs> Coach Osborne gave him his first start, you know, and he could not get um, anybody to really give him that opportunity. And, you know, um, you know, once Coach Osborne put him in position to, to get something, uh, you know, he didn't turn back, you know. So, uh Bill's been doing it the right way for a long time. He brings a lot to the table when it comes to recruiting. He had obvious uh, resume of guys that he's he's recruited, and he's coached everywhere. You know, so having a guy like that, you know, I think uh, just outside looking in, gosh, what a career! I mean, how hard is that to go from school to school to school to school? But by the time you've marinated all those years and all those schools it's much easier to make those transitions in trying to get that chemistry together and figure things out. So I think with Bill, obviously the recruiting side and the, and the special team side, 
Bill last year obviously was here for uh, as a consultant, mm-hmm. and so you know he would get to meet with the guys in the meeting rooms. We didn't lead the rooms. Uh, certainly had his opinion on you know what type of uh, philosophy they were approaching the special teams play, but. It's one thing to coach in the meeting rooms and then be out on the field. And so I think with his presence on the field now, holding guys accountable, and more importantly, asking those guys that are superstars, hey, listen, you got to wear a lot of hats here. The more you can do, the more those guys, if your plan is to go to the next level, they look at that because a lot of times, especially the skill position, in order to make it at the next level, you got to play special teams. And so really holding those guys accountable, uh, being out on the field is going to be huge. And so really looking forward to watching him blend and uh, flourish as a coach here. And then Applewhite, I don't know Applewhite at all, um, but certainly just reading about him and the things he's done, he's already made a splash with some some big guys getting in here. So it's important. Yeah, Brendan Sagan, our guest here on Sports Nightly. Let's talk the portal. I think I think the number is 11 right now. It might be 12. 11, I think, is the number for guys that have come yep. into the program. You comfortable with that number? I mean, this is a totally different thing that we've never dealt with before. Yeah, it's free agency uh, when you're – kind of making the analogy between NFL and college athletics uh, much more difficult for coaches now because uh, the portal there's a lot out there but it's hard to identify you know exactly you know why they're in the portal first and foremost and then from there how does that plug into your system where's your needs and so you know I think the portal's great Um, one of the things that I'm concerned about is one and done guys you know bringing in a guy that's only got one year of eligibility what I like about this year's portal class is we got a lot of guys with two and three years so you have the ability to you know maybe a guy doesn't start right away but he develops into something that uh, you know fits the mold and what you're doing so it's difficult no doubt the portal has changed the game How big is it, though? I mean, two quarterbacks, you get some depth in that room and some competition. How Mm -hmm. important is that for a football team? I think the quarterback position with the portal is is really, really important because now you've turned it into – if one beats out two or however that shakes up, you got three guys in a room, they're all competing for the starting job. You know, all of a sudden the guy gets a starting nod, the second guy's in line, and now the third guy, who's probably as good, maybe, you know, I mean, he's right there, but not on the depth chart – now there's a guy who's going to leave probably. You know, so that position with the portal is probably one of the most important. And then you talk about skill positions, you know, like with the receivers room. There's a lot of talent in that room, you know, and, and only a few guys can play. You know, I mean, maybe a handful of guys are playing and then those other guys. So what I think makes the portal difficult is not only do you have to recruit high school players and then you have to solicit – uh, some sort of need there for a portal guy to, you know, contact you. But once they're in, now you got to keep recruiting them, you know. So you recruit out of high school, you recruit through the portal, and then when they're here, you constantly have to make these guys happy. So it's this, yeah. it's this never-ending cycle. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of coaches bow out. Um, they're not a big fan of it, you know. They're walking in different directions, giving it all up uh, altogether. But um, it's, it's an interesting deal. I think it's exciting because – um, it adds a little bit of an element like a basketball where you turn over a roster right away and you bring in a guy. Football's not that way, but the portal kind of adds that a little bit, and it's the free agency that we're talking about. We could keep him here probably all day. I know. Yeah, amazing stuff. <laughs> we do get a lot of questions about you know this facility. Sure. And there, you had told us before we had started uh, talking that 
You're going to keep some things under wraps. You're not going to mm-hmm. let the competition know that. But mm-hmm. for the fans listening in, can you give a little bit of maybe a little insight oh. that's going to be in there? Well, I'll just kind of break it down. It's uh, The facility is going to be about 350,000 square feet. Wow. And roughly about 70% of that will be for football. So we're going to have a brand new weight room. We're going to have a brand new locker room, all the coaches' meeting rooms. We're going to have, um, you know, one of the probably the biggest things right now. We share our therapy room, right? So the guys, when they get hurt, uh, they go in there and they get taped. But we also share it with all sports for major injuries. So any sort of hydrotherapy that you're doing, any sort of high advanced technology uh, is in that room. So you're sharing that space with volleyball, with baseball, and everybody else. Now, this athletic training room is going to be all our own. Right, so it's going to be football's own athletic training room, and so with that being said, um, it just—I think it—it uh, it bodes for a, a little bit different culture, you know, because you'll hear this a lot um, on the football team. There's there's two different groups that hear everything, and that's your trainers, right, and your strength and conditioning trainers. Yep. Right, and so they're around the guys the most, and so when it's limited because there's other people in there. You know, I don't know if that creates something or not, but I've never been a part of a mixed-use facility. So we'll have uh, our own athletic training facility, um, some innovative things that, uh, you know, I think uh, are going to be, um, you know, cutting edge. Nobody's doing. I talked a little bit off the air about it, but it's going to – you know, the, the word will get out eventually. Uh, Nebraska's always been innovative. Um, But let me just put it this way. It's going to be a dedicated space uh, for teaching. And, and a lot of technology involved with that. Uh, so on the 30% side of what we have, which makes our facility very unique, is the fact that we'll be able to share it with all athletes. When I was recruited back in 1989, that's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> one of the th- Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, literally and figuratively, man. Um, yeah, so one of the things that attracted me to Nebraska was the all-inclusivity. You're sharing an experience over four or five years, whatever it is, with all athletes. So you're sharing the training table, you're sharing um, the weight room in essence. You know, back then we shared a little bit with other sports. Um, Everything, you know, your your study hall, everything shared there. So we're going to take that, that footprint and move it over to this new facility. And what's unique about our facility, a lot of schools don't have this opportunity, is it was almost like, you know, they were thinking 100 years ago when they put that track down, right, that eventually they're going to move the track because it fits like a glove right next to this stadium. Most facilities, most universities don't have the ability to do that. And so they're brick and mortar football, they're brick and mortar basketball, and then the stadium's over here, and then the arena's over here. So a lot of the, the sports, really are going to come and go right next to the stadium. And we do that now. It's on the west side of the stadium. And in this time of year, it's the coldest place on planet Earth to walk up and down, (laughs) right? But more naturally now, as this will will turn out, um, as the students come from campus and class, they'll naturally integrate from, you know, the horseshoe right here. And so with all that being said, put together, um, I think it just really kind of puts Nebraska right back on top where we were many years ago when I was first being recruited. Great Can we get hear. a little red uh, impersonation? Oh. I've been telling people. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, are we doing Facebook? <laughs> yeah, we're streaming live on YouTube. So uh, I've been telling people um, your little red impression's the best. Yeah, I try my best. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Great seeing you guys. Um, you guys have a wonderful upcoming baseball season. Yeah. I know you're hitting the road. And hitting the road. All that good stuff. So Very good. Good seeing you guys. Thanks. Brendan Stein with yeah. us here on Sports Night. Buckle up. Put that phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. More of the show coming up.